May 2021. And already it looks fingers crossed as though after 14 months in lockdown, choirs, choruses and quartets are on the cusp of a renaissance when it comes to singing together. Hello, I'm John Beasley and this is edition 30 of Harmony UK podcast, reflecting the exciting world of British barbershop singing. The pandemic has, of course, left its own legacy. Two more virtual conventions take place this month, and some of the changes introduced to keep us together online will persist once the virus is vanquished, or at least tamed. We'll be discussing some of the ways that barbershoppers will continue to work post-Covid. But first, and with apologies to Dylan Thomas. To begin at the beginning, it is night. Night, mute and moonless. Starbold, stock and still bright. Hub of all, haunt of all, night. Night and deep in low fat milkwood. The homebound, halt blind hedgehog taps and pitters through the vole black grass. Rhapsody, one of the distinctive and often comic offerings from one of Bab's best ever choruses, the Cambridge Chord Company. In April, the chorus announced with sadness that after more than 30 years they decided to call it a day and disband. We'll hear more about the way that decision was taken a little later. The contribution of the Cambridge Chord Company to British Barbershop has been enormous. They set new standards in creativity and performance for Babs choruses in domestic and international contests. They became not just an inspiration to many of us, but a breeding ground for barbershop talent whose influence has been felt far and wide. Well, to talk about all this, I was joined on Zoom a little earlier by three members of the Cambridge Court Company. Steve Green, Tom Osmond and Alan Conachy, as well as the founding musical director of the chorus, Paul Davis. Paul began by reflecting on how it all got started. It comprised what were known as the Dirty Dozen, who were uh, a bunch of disparate from the old Saffron Walden chorus, uh, who decided to set up near Cambridge. And we had our first rehearsal in, if I remember correctly, early 1990, in the back room of a pub in a village called Hindlesham near Cambridge surrounded by uh, tables and upside down chairs. It was a storeroom for the pub. And we suddenly realized, not immediately realized that we were onto something rather good. They were a good bunch of singers. And we carried on, got ourselves a new repertoire, producing more of our own original material. And the whole thing just uh, took off rather more quickly than a lot of us would have liked actually. We wanted to, we liked the idea of keeping it small, but uh, it certainly benefited from some well-managed growth. You say um, it was quicker than that you than you'd liked. I mean, where where did that success come from? There are a lot of choruses that would love to grow quickly. I mean, what what was your secret at the time? Well, it's because it started off good. You know, there were twelve good singers, and 
people like to join an outfit that is making good music. I have to um, ask you, the, the, so, the move from Saffron Walden to Cambridge, were you hoping to take advantage of that city's very, very rich choral traditions? I mean, um, there are there are very many good singers, uh, particularly among the university, but not necessarily there. I mean, elsewhere in Cambridge, it just attracts singers, doesn't it? Well, funnily enough, that actually works against you because although there's plenty of music in Cambridge, most of the people who are involved in it are already tied up in their own often uh, university-centric operations and don't want to try something completely different in a satellite of the city, uh, which is where we tended to operate. So, yes, we didn't pick up uh, many, if any, choral people not least a lot of the choral activity, as you know, if it's university-based, is seasonal. They have their groups operating during term time, and then they all break up and go go home, which is not how we operate, is it, in the in the uh, the barbershop world? That's certainly true. So yes, it wasn't really a rich hunting ground at all. <laughs> what about your own ambitions as MD? What was it that you were you you were striving for? What what were, how did you see this chorus developing at the time? What did you want them to be? Well, it. I stressed me out, said it wasn't just me, although I waved my arms and did quite a lot of arranging. You had a terrific creative team as well, two of whom are in, uh, on the Zoom picture before me, uh, uh, who are actually active members of the creative team. That would be Alan and Tom. Alan and Tom. Steve had some uh, plenty of input as well. But um, there was also um, Bob Croft, who was uh, my successor, uh, Stuart Owen, Bob Barlow, the late Bob Barlow, um, Brian Schofield. Have I missed anyone out who's on the creative team? Yeah, you missed out Palmer. Ian James and John Palmer, who is who goes down in uh, Cambridge legend as being the person who thought of the first line in the mother-in-law moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not true, actually, but I'll, I'll talk to you about that. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> can you just turn... OK, John, just turn I, it off I, while Paul and I have an argument. Representing the British Association of Barbershop Singers from Cambridge, United Kingdom, the Cambridge Chord Company. Who's that coming down the street? Who's that looking so petite? Who's that coming down to meet us here? To famous mother-in-law set performed on the international stage and thanks to BHS available to view on YouTube. The product, says Paul Davis, of a very rigorous approach to comedy within the chorus. 
when we did comedy, we had a sort of unwritten rule um, that if we were writing comedic stuff, it wasn't good enough just to be mildly amusing or even funny. You know, it had to be piss your pants funny or scrap it, try something different. So that rule worked rather well. An awful lot of material was scrapped until eventually, you know, the best stuff rose to the surface. Uh, and we had some terrific times. Well, let's talk about um, some of those times then. Alan, Tom, Steve, if I can come to each of you, can you can, can you nominate a moment from Cambridge's illustrious history that, that, that really stays with you? Tom? Oh, the, the, there are too many for me. Um, so when I joined the chorus, I was only 14. So being put in with these guys who are old enough to be my fathers, um, most of them, was an experience in itself. And the opportunities that that it gave us as a chorus and the opportunities that the success we had gave us, it just gives us countless, I don't know if I could pick a single one. You know, our trips over to Ireland, where we were just welcomed with open arms, uh, and there are some stories to tell there as well, all the way through to internationals. I remember my first ever international competition, our first ever international competition. It was pretty much the first time I'd ever been away uh, anywhere without my parents. That was over to Nashville in Tennessee. And the sights that we saw, the, the, the family and friends that we made on that trip, they'll, they'll, they'll stay with us absolutely for life. Uh, I think if I had to pick one highlight for me, apart from mother-in-law, because obviously it's a well-known one, um, would be our performances of Teddy Bear's Picnic. We were really lucky with, with our arrangement of Teddy Bear's Picnic and the, the performers that we had within Cambridge Chord Company at our heyday, it, it was a complete showpiece. It was an absolute showpiece and it was an absolute masterpiece. From singing that uh, on the late show over in Ireland, which I think up until very recently, the recording of that was still used on Lyric FM um, for children's birthdays over in Ireland. But singing it, or singing it on the Late Late Show, um, singing it uh, in, in bars and pubs uh, in, in Ireland itself and across Ireland was just absolutely, it, it was like nothing I could have ever experienced with any other hobby as a young man. It was the closest Tom ever got to being a celebrity, really. <laughs> being, being, being with Gay Byrne on the Late Late Show on RTE. Yeah. yeah. And actually, uh, we, we all got a feeling of what it was like to be um, a famous uh, sought-after performer because there were several performances where people did just go wild. And it's quite an experience when you're on stage. It's funny, talking of things that have lasted, uh, you mentioned the Late Late Show, Tom. The mother-in-law performance uh, at Montreal is still used in BHS, the Barbershop Harmony Society in America. Uh, they still show that one on their education tapes as uh, the example of how to score huge marks in presentation. And yeah, it's it's 
quite flattering that they should keep that one on as a sort of a prime example of great entertainment. And am I right in thinking uh, that that was also the highest scoring international performance by a BAPS chorus? Yes, it was. It still is. Yeah. Continuing to replay and enjoy the performances of the Cambridge Chord Company for a very long time to come. Each time we'll be reminded of what we've lost. So what did happen in more recent times? Let's hear from Tom and then Steve and Alan. Even leading up to the pandemic, it was quite hit and miss how many members we would get coming to rehearsal on a, on a Thursday evening. Uh, it was getting much, much harder to have a balanced chorus um, and much, much harder to, to manage from that sense. Now, we were very lucky that um, Steve had taken over um, as director about a year or two previously, uh, and Steve was doing a fantastic job of, of caretaking as that director. But it, it, it became a real struggle to get momentum and actually get any chorus learning because, because the, the numbers were dwindling. Then, of course, the pandemic hit. Yeah, I was caretaker director john we we did advertise we were unsuccessful in advertising for a new musical director so i said that i would caretake and that's hence thomas has called me caretaker md so we we have had we have enjoyed zoom sessions as a chorus but they have been more for morale than they have for musical development partly for some of the reasons we've been talking about uh, the limitations of zoom without using the the newer technology and Thinking about when we come out of the other end of the pandemic was what I think started the conversation and the thought processes, because we had already decided, well, when we go back, we, we don't really want to go back to where we were. We want to go back with more energy and more purpose. So we really need to think about this. But in, obviously in doing so, we also had to consider our resources, our, our membership, Alan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to have to say this, but one of the other factors is that we were all getting rather old. Uh, I know this is a common barbershop problem, but it was definitely one of the factors that, that, that led to the reduction in general energy of the chorus. The other thing that I think nobody so far mentioned, although we uh, tried in several ways and unsuccessfully to recruit a musical director, both from within the barbershop community and outside, uh, we also tried in several ways to recruit uh, new members. And that just was very difficult. And we had a few people turn up, but it was it was never a very successful activity.
It seems that for those who were on the risers in its heyday, singing with the Cambridge Chord Company could be a life-changing experience. Steve Green went on in 2004 to win a gold medal with his quartet Primetime. His thoughts on singing with the chorus. Something that lives with me, I think, is, um, you know, there's, there's, there's one thing being in a group of singers who know their stuff. No, you know, more than knowing their notes and words. But I think in in the few years where Cambridge Company were very, very successful in, in competition, both nationally and internationally, we were a group on top of our game. We were absolutely on top of our game. But if you add to that the fact that we had this amazing material, we, we had these amazing arrangements, we had these amazing presentation plans, the experience of being in the chorus at that time being on top of your game, having this amazing stuff to sing and perform is just an experience that I haven't repeated since. Because to, to be on stage with that chorus over those five or six years um, was, was just such an amazing experience. And the feeling, it, it's a feeling, it's not a moment, it's a, it's a feeling that we, that we had whenever we performed um, during, during that time. Do you think that you changed in any way the uh, the trajectory for choruses in Babs? Because you were really the first chorus to score extremely highly, weren't you? And there are quite a few choruses now that reach reach the the eighties. Mm. I, I think so, and and again, I can only speak from my own experience, but I, I really do think that um, I, I, I've seen Cambridge Chord Company as as a leader in many ways uh, within Babs. Um, I think the the we yeah, the amount of times a small chorus. I think the first time we ever performed on a bab stage, there were only seventeen of us, uh, and we didn't really grow much more than that. Maybe maybe to nineteen. Um, and I can't remember. It must have been nineteen or twenty that we won our first silver medal. With. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the the Cambridge Chord Company again with its. It, it had an amount of irreverence. Um, we, we were doing this for us. We weren't necessarily doing this for, for anybody else. We were absolutely doing this for us. And the enjoyment that came out of it um, really showed. Um, but we also tried to, it seemed to me, we always also tried to seem to push the rules. So I will never forget um, the year the, the rules changed as far as the dates of, of songs go, and they could actually be um, more contemporary songs. Um, so we sang for our convention that year, um, two songs. One was Raining in My Heart by Buddy Holly, uh, which the creative team turned into a beautiful heart-wrenching ballad. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, followed by an old traditional high neighbor mixed with um, the theme tune from Neighbours. So it was, it, it, was, it, was, it was the pushing of those boundaries. So I think it was proof that a small chorus um, could compete with those larger big you know the the the, the big behemoths of the time um because it was about quality absolutely about quality i think one of the things that paul said to me um many years ago now that really rings true with with cambridge chord company at his heyday uh, and he said it's wonderful to direct because doing things right is a given you know we don't have to work on craft doing things right is a given. It just happens. So all I need to do as director is just add some magic. She gets too hungry. She 
bit of something you, you may find that uh, I think made us different in, made us different from many others in a not so obvious way was that the whole operation was run principally by the creative team not by the um, management committee with no disrespect to Alan who was chairman for a lot of that time the management committee tended to do what the creative team wanted tended to uh, facilitate enable what we wanted to do was that a fair assessment uh, do you think Alan? It, it it has always been my belief that a chorus uh, stands or falls by the people who are putting making the creative input the management team is just there to provide an environment in which in which that team can flourish um, i think it would be a big mistake um, to let this podcast finish without making a particular point about the value of having paul davis as our musical director we're all talking about the creative team but his was the spark his his was the drive um, and his were the arrangements uh, he got help yes but without paul cambridge Chord company would never have been the chorus that it's been Founding director Paul Davis and before him the chairman Alan Conachie with their thoughts on the long and illustrious history of the Cambridge Court Company. I'm sure that it's raining in all our hearts having heard the sad news that they're having to disband. I'm told their presence on Facebook will continue as a place to share memories of the chorus. So if you do have any photos, recordings or recollections of the Cambridge Court Company, then please message them on Facebook. I know that they would be delighted to hear from you. Well, Facebook is, for many of us, an indispensable tool in this digital age for getting the message of our chorus, our quartet, our barbershop organisation, whatever, out to a wider audience. But the glue that's held so many of us together during this pandemic has been Zoom. Count up all the hours that you've spent on mute in front of a screen, singing along with a track while watching three, fifteen, twenty, thirty, maybe fifty other people doing exactly the same. Most of us have experienced weekly chorus rehearsals in this vein, but the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers has been using Zoom to very great effect to keep their members across the country engaged with one another and with the organisation. Here's just one example from last November. The host is Amersham Acapella's MD, Helen Lappert, and the song, well, that comes from the quartet Venus Effect. So, and on, on that note, um, it was mentioned, somebody said that they so enjoyed We Are Family, Venus Effect. And um, I'm delighted to let you know, and it's hot off the press, this from Rita Hewlands, that we are adopting it as the lab's theme tune until we can properly meet again. And I would like to thank, obviously, Venus Effect for a most stupendous performance and recording. Uh, Liz Garnett for a, a you know a 
brilliant Liz Garnet arrangement and the inspiration for the song, of course, Jen Mills. Um, and so we're going to finish by standing up and dancing along to and joining in whichever part of the vocals you happen to know of We Are Family. <laughs> to finish. And I think we have the V-Night in the room with us, I hope. Not the Peter K version, I hope, though. <laughs> <coughs> Labs were also the first to pioneer the big weekend, a full-scale three-day virtual convention last October. And I've been talking to Rita Hoolands, their Marketing and Communications Director, about technology and the pandemic. And I began by asking how lockdown had been for Labs. The answer took me by surprise. Yeah, it's been brilliant. It has exceeded our expectations. I think when we first went into lockdown, having our singing ripped from us in such a disturbing fashion so suddenly uh, was a bit of a shocker for everybody. And nobody knew exactly how they would react themselves, let alone how other people in the organisation would react. So uh, it was actually a, a comment from a member who said, look, I'm missing my singing. Can we not do some polecat singing or something like that? That, that actually triggers into uh, the, the programme of activities that, that we uh, carried out last year. It absolutely was the, uh, the, the reason why we started with the Labs Interactive. It was the idea of getting together on a, a monthly-ish basis um, in an informal setting, uh, but something that was short and sharp, you know, no more than an hour, and that would give uh, people who came to it a lot of opportunities to sing and a lot of opportunities to have fun. So it was... I think that kind of, it brought about energy from our members where they, they wanted more, so we gave them more, so they wanted more, so we gave them more. So uh, for a lot of our members, it's, it's been a surprisingly enriching time. And it's fascinating to hear you say that these initiatives didn't actually come from the board. They came from the members and it was the board that took them absolutely, up Absolutely, absolutely. I think we would have come to a similar conclusion in, in our own time. But it was, I remember very clearly, the, the, it was an email that came through uh, by, I think it came in through the website saying, could we not do some singing that made us start the conversation? Because I think we were still in that shocky mode at that point. What have been the, the, the formats then that have proved the most successful with members where you, you've had the, the, the best feedback and, and, and the, you know, demands for more? It's the interactivity. It's the opportunity to sing. Um, we have had a, a couple of quite successful projects and another one on the go at the moment uh, where we've produced um, a product at the end. Uh, a virtual singing performance of one thing or another. And I, I think people like that, but I don't think that's the main driver. Uh, I, I think it's having the opportunity in the moment to be singing and to be singing stuff that's familiar and seeing familiar faces if, if uh, on a screen uh, that has made people excited about joining in. That's been 
been quite difficult to achieve though, hasn't it? Because with, with Zoom, of course, there's always a lag and it is actually very difficult for more than a couple of people yes, to sing together. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's like a, a lot of the stuff um, we've done. We taught you last year about uh, where Labs Big Weekend came from, uh, a determination to, to take something that was rotten and turn it into something good. Uh, we've done things like uh, one of the early Labs Interactive um, involved a lady coming and doing some uh, workshopping with us wearing masks so that by taking the fact that we had to wear masks, putting it into a singing environment, used it to improve our ability to express through our eyes. It's the ability to sing together and sing familiar things and see familiar people uh, that's made people want to join in more and more. Uh, this begs the question of what sort of legacy lockdown is going to leave us when we all return to singing together and uh, we're all hoping that's going to be very soon and keeping our fingers crossed. But but will there still be things that we will do online, do you think? I think definitely. Uh, there is never going to be anything better than singing in person with other people. So that is something that we all long for and crave. Uh, and we'll be looking to do that in the soonest possible time frame where it's safe to do so. Um, and a lot of our clubs are moving forward on that. But there are things we've learned about um, during lockdown. I, I actually took a moment to, to, to list a few things here. Uh, Labs Interactive would never have happened without lockdown, uh, but there is a, a big demand for us to continue doing it, and we will continue doing it for as long as members want us to. Uh, it, it takes on board the fact that however much we like singing uh, in person, it's normally limited to those people that we sing with as part of our club or chorus. And we only have the big experiences of seeing the wider organization for things like convention. But Labs Interactive gives you an opportunity to do that every four to six weeks. Uh, and it's ever every bit as energizing. We've also had uh, great opportunities to reach out beyond our immediate environment. So for things like Labs Big Weekend and, and also uh, E&J have uh, raised to my attention the fact that we've had regular contact with BHS mentors that we've been able to put into place to uh, support our judges during this time. And having the ability to do that without the FAF and the expenses and the time of bringing judges over from the US or other parts of the world has made it much, much more attainable than it might have been during ordinary situations. And we've also had joint educational experiences with Harmony Inc, uh, which again, wouldn't have happened without pandemic and will happen again because it was so enriching and so easy to organize. It's all, it's all sorts of things. I mean, their board meetings, we'd already moved to a hybrid situation where our board meetings were um, half and half virtual meetings and in-person meetings before pandemic was even thought about. Now we're seeing things like the AGM, where we had the biggest turnout of clubs ever this year. And that was only feasible because it was virtual. So whilst we value and understand the uh, importance of face-to-face -face involvement with our members, we'd be foolish to throw away the opportunity uh, that having virtual involvement gave to people who can't give up the time to travel into London. Maybe it's distance, maybe it's workload, maybe it's family. We need to look at that and we are considering that on an ongoing basis. So th there's a lot to learn. And as for meeting in person as opposed to online, I mean, when do you expect most choruses to be back together again? Well, I wish I knew the exact answer to that, John, but one thing we are picking up clearly from clubs 
is that uh, there's a, a, a big gulf between those people who are racing at the first opportunity to safely meet up and those who want to hold off and become more comfortable with the idea before they meet in person. So I think it will be a gradual emergence of in-person singing, uh, initially in smaller groups, and then as the situation uh, allows into bigger groupings. Uh, and we want to make sure that we can continue to support our members up to that point. Uh, so it, it will take some time, uh, but we will get there and we will support our members in getting there safely. The one thing we're doing to uh, ensure this is that um, instigated from the start of this year at every board meeting, we have an agenda item where we review what our offerings are at the moment, virtual and otherwise, and we look at how much of it we should continue using uh, as we go back to normal. Uh, so as every meeting occurs, we'll be looking at what the benefits have been and whether those benefits are worth continuing with uh, beyond pandemic and lockdown. So uh, we're going to make the most out of this. Rita Hooland's Labs Communication and Marketing Director, on the way her organisation is finding its way through the complexities of the return to something like normal. And from what she says, it seems that some part of the online communication to which we've all become used will now become part of the new normal world. Perhaps that shouldn't be too surprising, though. All the barbershop organisations have put on big online events. From Babs, we've had Sing September, Virtual Harmony College and Babs Learn. And from Region 31, the Lockdown Mixers, a quartet month and virtual recordings like this. Over 200 voices from England, Scotland, Wales and the Netherlands recorded for their virtual convention in 2020. The Quartet of Nations are now making final preparations for their second virtual convention, which will be held online from May the 14th to the 16th, 2021. They were the first of the UK-based barbershop organisations to have to cancel a convention due to Covid. Alison Cheney, Regions 31 Education Coordinator, has been talking to me about this year's convention and how her organisation has been coping with the intervening 12 months of social separation. Without the help of um, our technical teams, we would have struggled this year. Um, but I think you've met Charles, Charles Aswit, who um, sings with the London City Singers. I mean, she's been absolutely amazing this year and has enabled so many things to go ahead. I suppose we kicked off with our virtual convention last May, which was great fun. And it kind of gave us a, the taste of Zoom for the future educational events. I mean, we've been quite ambitious during lockdown. I was just trying to count up the number of educational events we'd had. And we've, we've had so many different people Zooming in from all over the world. It's been 
fabulous. And I suppose that's one thing that we've been able to do with the technology. We've been able to get people to come across virtually to do educational events with us without it costing, you know, the price of a transatlantic airfare. So it's, it's actually been really, really good. What's been your favourite? What do you think was the most successful or the most fun among the events that you did? I think the most fun event was were the lockdown mixers, which we had in September last year. Um, and this was an initiative that came from the directors' forum meetings run by Nancy Kelsall, where directors actually took a bit of the um, of each of the lockdown mixers. So it was it would be either. Um, you know, a, a 10 minute warm up or, or a teacher tag, or there are all kinds of different things. And what we did was we had them on three consecutive evenings in September when people would normally be having their rehearsals. And we said, right, instead of having your rehearsal this week, cancel your rehearsal and come to the lockdown mixers. And I suppose over the three nights, we probably reached maybe 750 people altogether when we counted up all the, the, the Zoom attendees. It was about 750. 50 and it, it was just fantastic we had people talking about um, vocal production about visual we had physical warm-ups we had vocal warm-ups as I said we had tags we did so much uh, and it was just lovely to, to all get together and just feel that connectedness which we'd actually missed I also saw other things that you did where people sort of delved deep into different aspects of the of, of, of the art form. There was one uh, fantastic series you did where you had one musical director interviewing another musical director. Oh, yes. You got all sorts of insights yes, out of that. Yes, that was, that was, again, that was the brainchild of Charles. Um, that was a director on director series where directors who who might well have known the other director fairly well I think most of them did um, but it was interesting that of the directors there were at least two who had never stood in front of their choruses they'd been appointed after lockdown and so they'd never ever had the opportunity of standing in front of their choruses face to face so all their rehearsals had been done via zoom and I think it was just great to have the directors talk about the various issues that they'd all felt during lockdown and, and shared all their experiences. And of course, a lot of them were very, you know, very similar, um, feeling frustrated, feeling that they weren't um, being able to communicate so easily because there was that lack of interaction. Um, but it was great that they were able to share those experiences and realise they weren't on their own, that everybody was going through the same, the same motions. I'm just wondering about Region 31 because you are, of course, part of a, a, a worldwide sisterhood in Sweet Adelines International. Does that mean that you, you got a lot of help from the organisation uh, in America and from, from other parts of the world? I mean, did you all pull together on this? Yes, we did. Um, I think people shared various experiences. We've had, uh, as, as the education coordinator, there have been various regional educational discussions on Zoom where we've been able to get together with regional uh, education coordinators from all over the world and talk about what's been happening in their own region. And in fact, it was, a, it was as a result of one of these 
forums that we decided to have a regional education steering group because it's such a huge job and the job seemed to grow with the pandemic as well because we were so concerned that we had to keep providing education for our members even though we weren't together face to face and of course because of Zoom we were able to provide all these educational um, experiences for people at, at very little cost and in fact we charged them nothing to attend anything everything was free for the whole year um, so yeah to get back to the story about the regional education steering group it was Melanie Williams who sings or sang with Zing Quartet international quartet champions from a few years back who had talked about the experience that she'd had as education coordinator in region 25 and how she'd involved people from uh, you know judges and directors and quartet you know luminaries to form a, a steering group who would look at the educational needs of the region and decide together what was needed and um and so i chose i, I chose my dream team actually <laughs> I chose Elaine Hamilton, who's now on the International Board of Directors, as you know, uh, Nancy Kelsall, who's the Directors Coordinator for our region uh, and the Director of Heartbeat Chorus, uh, Valerie Taylor, who's a judge and the Director of Vocal Dimension Chorus, and, um, and Nikki Salt who needs no introduction, really. <laughs> um, so this was my dream team. And together, we've, we've been able to not only appoint a regional faculty, uh, which we have just really concluded, which is fantastic, uh, but also to plan all the events for the whole year and beyond, because, you know, five minds are better than one, basically. Uh, and what about, I wonder, the, the, the input from ordinary um, members of your of your choruses? I, just talking earlier to uh, Rita Hewlands from Labs, who was telling me that uh, that a lot of what they did actually came from the members themselves who were getting in touch with Labs and saying, for goodness sake, we really still want to sing. What can we do? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we've, we've, again, through Zoom and uh, the, the sort of in inverted commas magic of technology, uh, we've, we've been able to ascertain what people want. Um, Hilary Pinnock, I think you, you've met Hilary before. She's the team coordinator for Region 31. And uh, she instigated a, 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 a sort of monthly meeting of team coordinators from the region who would actually feed back to her what, what members of their choruses needed. We've also got a director's forum as I said before, run by Nancy. And we've also got a marketing forum and a regional visual leaders forum as well. So we've, you know, we've been able to capitalise on all the, on all the technology at our disposal to, to really find out what people want, uh, which has been fabulous. And that technology about to come into its own again for your second virtual convention, which is what, 14th yes. to the 16th of May this year, isn't it? That's so not right. very long now. Yeah, Friday the 14th, we kick off with Jan Carley, who's our keynote speaker uh, at 6.30. Anybody can log in, anybody can join in. Um, it's it's just got, all the in information will be on Facebook and the usual channels. Well, for those who haven't uh, met her before, tell us a little bit about Jan. Jan Carley is a professional coach, uh, life coach, life skills coach, but she's also the author of um, Harmony from the Inside Out, which was a, a manual really for barbershop 
singers, but actually has greater impact on on other people too, from the world of business and uh, and various other um, domains. And uh, she sings with Lionsgate Chorus, who are um, you know up, up there with the best. And uh, and and she she's coached really a lot of the directors of choruses all over the world, uh, but she's also got a lot to say to the members of choruses and quartets uh, about positive thinking. And we thought you know she would be an ideal choice to speak to us all whilst we're in the pandemic. And so she's going to be kicking off at 6.30 on Friday the 14th. And then she's going to have a session for directors only on how they've managed to cope through the pandemic question and answer session. And I'm hoping that will be really useful for directors. What about actual singing then? Are members of Region 31 going to get the chance to sing over the weekend? Well, I'm not sure whether you know that we've got a new regional song. Which Go on, have, tell me more. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was arranged by Zach Bools, who is the director of Ignite Chorus, and previously director of Grand Central Chorus. Um, he's also a member of the regional faculty, which is great. And uh, and he and David Sangster have arranged the song Brave, which we felt was a great message for the pandemic. We had a series of section rehearsals throughout the month of March, I believe it was, yeah, throughout the month of March, where section rehearsals were taking place at various times of the day, a bit like the collective, you know, the collective, the way they did the section rehearsals. Indeed, yes. Songs. So it was, we, we, we kind of took our lead, really, from the way the collective had uh, had managed that. So you break it down um, into parts, and then 30 yeah. or 40 people get together on Zoom and go through their parts, exactly, and then, then you exactly. send in your recordings and everybody records. Learning tracks done by Helen Warner, who's the director of Viva Acapella. Beautiful learning tracks, absolutely beautiful. And, uh, and, and it's, it's going to be great when we all finally get together to sing it through. So uh, that's something to look forward to. Indeed, that's going to be amazing. And when when do you think people will be singing together? I've been asking other people this, but mm. what's your uh, what's your estimate? Well, uh, we've been looking at uh, at the the making music guidelines, as I suppose everybody has. Um, it's still a bit vague, isn't it? But I think people are starting to rehearse in pods of six outdoors. Obviously, quartets have got an advantage because <laughs> there are only four of them. I had a rehearsal with my quartet on Saturday, which was fantastic. Uh, and in fact, we met our baritone for the first time. We'd never met her before. We, <laughs> we recruited her online. <laughs> I, I hope it went well. You got on, didn't you? It was you? really great. Yeah, it was really <laughs> fabulous. So, you know, these these weird things that have happened during, uh, during these weird times but yes i mean the making music guidelines are are the ones that we've followed we've we i think most choruses have now done a risk assessment um i think a lot of choruses are going to do they're going to carry on with zoom but but gradually introduce more face-to-face rehearsals uh once restrictions are lifted um i think the the larger choruses are going to have more issues than the smaller choruses because obviously i think the the numbers involved are going to make it a little bit more tricky but otherwise we're looking forward to to getting back together again certainly well well, fingers crossed and we're looking forward to your convention as well on the 14th to the 16th good luck with that thank you thanks very much indeed for joining us you're very welcome you're very welcome
Alison Cheney. And you can find a full timetable of the Sweet Adeline's Region 31 virtual convention on the group's Facebook page. A lot of events are being streamed on YouTube and so they're open to all. I've penciled in 5.30 on the Saturday when there's a chance to learn a tag with Fortuity. And there's lots else going on too, so do please take a look. Zach Bulls, by the way, has been pretty busy. As you've just heard, he's arranged the Sarah Berea song Brave for Region 31's convention. And he's also the arranger credited by Babs with their convention song this year, McFly's It's All About You. Sing 2021 takes place from the 28th to the 30th of May. And Babs are promising an action-packed weekend with chorus and quartet showcases, a live show, uh, Babs Video Awards and Audience Choice Show, Afterglows and Fringe Events too. The full schedule is now available through Babs' social media. And I'm looking forward to an ambitious polecat sing on Jamulus, which is being led by Grand Central Chorus. And that, assuming that the technology all works as it should, will bring people together across the country to sing live together. Babs has asked me, by the way, to host one of the sessions. Don't say you haven't been warned. Uh, it does mean, though, that I've seen some of the chorus and quartet videos already, and I can report that there is some very fine material to entertain and stir the emotions. Lots then to look forward to online in the next few weeks. And don't forget that growing number of opportunities to sing together in person. As the restrictions across the UK are gradually lifted, more people are vaccinated and we all start to regain our confidence in going outside and meeting one another. Who knows, maybe the next podcast will be out and about once more. I certainly hope so. This one, though, is definitely at an end. As ever, thank you very much indeed for listening. From me, John Beasley. Keep the whole world singing. And for now, bye-bye.